Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have candid conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we'll figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to all you new listeners out there. I'm really happy to have you with us. And please take a moment to check out our previous episodes. You will no doubt find some really helpful information and hear a lot of interesting stories as well. If you'd like to reach out to me for any reason, please don't hesitate to email me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. Okay, my guest today is one of the most experienced tango professionals in New York City. She has taught extensively at the NYU undergraduate drama program at Playwrights Horizons Theater School, the Lee Strasberg Professional Theater Program in New York, the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and many others. But long before moving to the Big Apple, today's guest trained as a modern dancer and received a degree in performance choreography from the California Institute of the Arts. She's lent her expertise all over the U.S. as a choreographer for musicals, operas, plays, and films. Of course, she eventually crossed paths with Argentine tango and developed a passion for that particular dance. Lucky for us. At the Sandra Cameron Dance Center, one of New York's top ballroom dance studios, she joined the teaching staff and was the director of both the Argentine tango and salsa programs. She is the founder of the Jenny Breen Tango Academy, located in downtown Manhattan, where she continues to spread the love of tango. And with me now is Jenny Breen. Jenny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Great to be talking to you, Joe, especially yeah. about a subject so dear to my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So, Jenny, you have a very long history of dance and in the arts. Uh, how did you fall in love with tango? It was a long process. I had danced with a modern company in New York for a little over 15 years Mm -hmm. and then got a lot of offers to choreograph for stage and for theaters, for musicals, for operas. I even did a couple of little films. Nice. Um, And in the course of one very interesting project, I was asked to research partner dancing, ballroom dancing, early ballroom dancing. Mm -hmm. And I was at the end of doing my research and concluding that project. I found myself very intrigued by ballroom dancing, two people traveling through space in each other's arms. It was technically very different Mm -hmm. than what I had been doing as a modern dancer Mm -hmm. uh, or a ballet dancer. And I wanted to learn more about it. So I started studying at the Sandra Cameron Dance Center, and I sort of fell in love with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this was early, early 90s, and mm-hmm. there was no Argentine tango in New York. There were some folks who did it in Queens. They were older than I. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were Argentines, but it had not caught on in the city. But Sandra Cameron, who deserves so much credit, was very curious about all kinds of partner dancing. She was a three-time U.S. professional standard ballroom champion, which is sort of the top of the heap in the professional ballroom world. Mm -hmm. And she was unusual in that she also 
gave equal importance and credit to the great street dancer mm. and was curious about this tango. And I had encountered it a little bit. And at one point, she invited me to teach for her. Mm-hmm. And she particularly invited me to help her create an Argentine tank program mm. because she had seen me um, try to study it a little bit. Mm-hmm. She and I was curious. And when she said that to me, I actually laughed. And I said, <laughs> I don't even know if I like that dance. I don't understand it. <laughs> And she laughed back, and she said, I know exactly how you feel. But I have found a guy who grew up dancing tango. He owns a ballroom studio in Queens, but he doesn't teach it because he thinks nobody's interested. Mm. But we're interested, so we're going to study with him, and we're going to start learning tango. Mm. So I said, okay. Sounds like an interesting adventure. (laughs) So I... And she knew my background. She, you know, she was very aware that I had a mm-hmm. professional dance background. So she put me to work. We started studying with a guy named Daniel Bastoni mm-hmm. and his wife Maria. Mm-hmm. They owned a ballroom studio, I think, in Queens. It was a Fred Astaire franchise, something like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach tango. They were quite puzzled and probably rather delighted that Sandra. <laughs> interested Mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of what became the first Argentine tango program in New York City we put it together we included Daniela and Maria Mm -hmm. but we knew that there were some big holes in our uh, our understanding Mm -hmm. and fortunately at that time Carlos Gavito was the lead with the show Forever Tango and Forever Tango was in residence in New York City for about a year and a half. Ah. Now, Carlos was unusual because Carlos was equally respected by the uh, theatrical dance community in Argentina as well as the milongueros, the the social tangueros. And that is very unusual, especially at that time because they really looked down their nose at each other, those two groups. (laughs) But Carlos was such a dyed-in-the-wool tanguero, mm-hmm. and also such a beautiful dancer, and he understood theater. He understood presenting something for show rather than just for social pleasure. Mm-hmm. Sandra and I started studying with him, and then I also, we took a private lesson with him every week. I took mm-hmm. my own private lesson with him every week, and he invited me to participate in all of his group classes. Mm -hmm. He just took a little group of us under his wing and he nurtured us and he gave me a feeling for tango. Mm -hmm. I still didn't know if I liked it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was very curious about it. Mm -hmm. But I loved Carlos's dancing and he had a milonga and he would bring people when people were coming through the city, he, they would stop at his milonga. They didn't perform. He didn't. He didn't have that. But I would see them social dancing. Some really remarkable. That's where I first saw Gisemina mm-hmm. and Julio Balmaceda and Corina de la Rosa. Mm-hmm. And seeing the way they operated on the floor, 
the way they negotiated the floor just blew my mind. And so when I when we went to to Buenos Aires, you know, I sought them out, mm-hmm. and they started filling in the gaps. Nice. But I still, I mean, I respected it. I admired it. I was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I liked doing it. I didn't fall in love with it until I fell in love with the music. Mm. And that took a few years. Mm-hmm. I think maybe 10 years after I started dancing and teaching Angle, I started to DJ for a little minanga that we had at, at mm. Sandra's studio. And that forced me to listen to the music in a different way than I had been to, to listen to it more intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then, because, you know, sometimes I'd found the music really annoying. (laughs) But when I started listening to it, to really hear it, it just blew Mm -hmm. my mind. The complexity of it, the imagination in it, the deceptive simplicity. I I mean, it just, it was, and is so rich, so deep. Mm -hmm. And I felt the connection to the dancing and I, started to dance more for myself mm-hmm. and less the way I thought my teachers wanted me to dance. And I started to connect to the music more in my dance. And mm-hmm. that that really that did it. Mm-hmm. So 25 years later, <laughs> nice. I, I have to say that, that it was understanding the music and finding mm-hmm. a way to connect my own personal expression to mm-hmm. to tango. I, I don't think that I dance any kind of a radical tango. I really like classic social tango de salon. Nice. But I started to get the depth of it and mm-hmm. the, the depth of the movement quality, the quality of movement mm-hmm. that was possible in that dance. And that turned me on. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the music, because um, when I fr- took my... F- first few lessons with you almost 19 years ago at Sandra Cameron Dance Center I remember to this day you used to always start the lesson with the same Carlos Di Sarli song called A La Gran Muñeca and I used to hate that song because I I hear it all the time and then when I left New York I started missing it and then um, I finally tracked it down I downloaded it and it just now I love it it's it's so funny it just reminds me of that that for that time so yeah this yeah, it's it's the musical complexity, but also you know how it makes you remember things, and I thought that was really, really fun. <laughs> also, uh, when you would run the practicas at Sandra Cameron, you would also start with that that one song, and yeah, that's how we knew that the practica was going to begin when that song came on. So it has a lot of good memories <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, that was the beginning of my understanding the dance. Mm-hmm. There's another rather well-known Argentine tango teacher that for whom I was his first teacher. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with him recently in which he told me something similar. <laughs> uh, you know, and there was a song that I always played. And then he said one day when he was teaching, he was playing that song. Yep. And he said he started to cry. Oh. He was so moved by the beauty of the song. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's interesting, you know, it takes us, maybe it's taken us all, maybe because we didn't grow up with the music. Mm-hmm. But even then, I think, I think it's the intentional listening. And maybe when you take yourself seriously as a teacher or a DJ, then you take 
the music more seriously that you're playing, you think about more. What am I exposing my students to? Mm-hmm. And then, and then you're a goner because then you really start listening to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can, I can always tell when my students start listening to the music. Their dancing changes, mm-hmm. but it takes because you got to have a little bit of vocabulary mm-hmm. before you even step around to that music. So I, I get it that it takes a while yeah. Yeah. to connect the movement and the music. So, Jenny, what was your very first tango lesson like? <laughs> well, my very first tango lesson was when I was a student at Sandra Cameron's, mm-hmm. and there was a gentleman who he had just gotten back from Buenos Aires. He had taken it upon himself to introduce this to his fellow Norte Americanos. <laughs> and I was fascinated by it, and I didn't understand a word that he was saying. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm sure it had something to do with, you know, I mean, obviously it had a lot to do with me, but I also think that the way in which it was presented in those early lessons was mm-hmm. kind of incoherent. Okay. <laughs> um, so that, that, yeah, that was my first lessons. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> and I actually quit in frustration. Oh, but Sandra knew that I was interested mm. in that dance. I'd come from a professional dance background. I'd had some really, really good dance teachers, and I'd had some really, really bad ones. Mm-hmm. But I think even at an early age, I could recognize good teaching. And I did not find that initial exposure to be taught well. Mm. I always very, very, very much wanted to teach in a way that let the student in and didn't shove them out of the dance because it's mm. a hard dance yeah. I'm sure you know yeah. this <laughs> absolutely yeah. It, yeah it can bury the student you know it can mm-hmm. absolutely bury them yeah what was your very first dance at a milonga like well we didn't have great milongas in New York City at that time I would remember mm-hmm. my first milonga in Buenos Aires mm-hmm. but milongas in New York City we didn't have a lot of them we had I'm not even sure they were called milongas. We had practices, mm-hmm. and maybe they were called practicas. But, yeah, I, you know, I mean, at the very, very beginning, you know, we were just, you know, a bunch of spindly-legged colts and foals <laughs> trying to, you know, fillies, mm-hmm. just trying, you know, kind of messing around trying to put this thing together. <laughs> it was fun. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't understand milongas till I went to, to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. I think at this point there are milongas in America. You oh, know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know the organizers. We know how to run a milonga now. Mm-hmm. But at that time, not so much. Yeah, so I want to switch gears a little bit uh, to to learning and particularly turning points in our learning. So as you were trying to figure out tango, what's some really good or memorable advice that you got? that still sticks with you today, that really uh, helped you lead you to those breakthroughs or aha moments? Well, (laughs) uh, it was Gavito saying, tango is what happens in between the steps. Mm. That's what sticks with me. But there's a technical component to that that you can teach. I guess the, the way that I understand that question is to answer what's fundamental in my teaching. For me, 
I I don't think that there were too many aha moments. I think it it's more of an evolution. Mm. I mean, it, and it's continuing to this day. Mm-hmm. The things that stick with me <laughs> have been the moments where I've said to myself, now, wait a minute, this is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. In other words, I've always had these, you know, I especially a dance that I didn't understand, tango. Mm-hmm. I would go into it with an idea of, well, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. And the best moments were when I would be dancing or working with a teacher, and then I would say to myself, now, this isn't what I thought it was supposed to feel like, but this feels like like dancing to me. Mm-hmm. So... I can't point to specific movements. I can talk about learning the Mononetti, the hero, mm-hmm. because that was very, very hard for me. It was when I understood it. I mean, you know, well, <laughs> I mean, the best breakthrough moments are probably when I go, oh, really, this is just a step in a collect. It's mm-hmm. a weight transfer forward, side or backwards. Mm-hmm. Followed by collection, of course, mm-hmm. because the free leg you know swings underneath my my spine, mm-hmm. and I can add to that a swivel, right or left. But that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I understood that that was it, <laughs> <laughs> but that that you know that's moving all the time. Mm-hmm. So working on the heroes, it was a process because I would. Stop, you know, people would tell you, stop in the middle, see where you are, stop here, stop there. So I, I, it took me a long time to find the flow mm. of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, a long time. Yeah. And I had to get in the studio by myself and practice. I practiced for hours by myself. And also as both a follower and a leader, because I think you need to, understand both in order to teach well Mm -hmm. so as a follower it was very hard for me to figure out the internal timing took Mm -hmm. me a long time Mm -hmm. because i would stop waiting for a lead and Mm -hmm. you know i had to learn not you know to keep the motor running (laughs) and stay behind that lead but stay in movement Mm -hmm. that 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 took me a long time to figure mm. that out. Yeah. Um, I can't say that there was an aha, but there were probably a lot of little teeny ahas. Okay. And uh, and then as a leader, I had to learn, you know, I'm going to say something really offensive, but, mm-hmm. you know, stop leading like a girl. <laughs> I, I, had, <laughs> I had to learn to assert mm-hmm. the lead. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to get over that, mm-hmm. you know, my feeling that, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. But mm-hmm. it also made me appreciate that my students probably go through that also, <laughs> you know, male mm-hmm. and female, mm-hmm. the leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I've got to get this person in front of me to do something. <laughs> yeah. You learn that you, you propose it and they do it mm-hmm. the way they're going to do it whether or not they're going to do it, they, they do it themselves. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you, you know, doing that in dialogue with somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think there were any big ahas, but there were lots of, lot, you know, I mean, every time I move my weight from one foot to another, it's a whole bunch of little teeny ahas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So when it comes to, to teaching tango, Jenny, the challenges of teaching tango compared to other dance disciplines that, that you've taught. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, boy. Well, I've taught a lot of other dance disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taught modern dance. And I've taught a lot of different dances mm-hmm. um, because I've always been curious. I've taught some ballet classes. I was in a Haitian dance company for a while mm-hmm. because the modern dance company that I was in, the artistic director, wanted all of the people in the company to study ballet and some sort of Afrocentric dance form. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of Haitian dancing mm-hmm. and actually wound up dancing with the Haitian dance company a few times, mm-hmm. performing with them while I was with the modern company. Mm-hmm. So I've taught some of that and then all kinds of partner dancing, mm-hmm. all kinds. But the last 25 years have really, really focused on tango. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tango, tango is different than all of them because mm-hmm. social tango is an improvised dance form mm-hmm. within the embrace. And that is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, the things that are closest to it mm-hmm. in some ways are, you know, is ballroom dancing because, you know, ballroom dancing is done in an embrace. Mm-hmm. The vocabulary is much more limited and the rhythmic, you know, the basic steps have very specific rhythms. Mm-hmm. And the rhythmic interpretations, for the most part, are somewhat limited. And for the most part, you're doing what we call the natural opposite. You're in parallel system, for the mm-hmm. most part, when, right. you're, when you're doing ballroom dancing. But tango, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know... You're you're an orchestra of two, and one person is dancing certain rhythms, and another person is dancing rhythms that fit to that or within that. Mm-hmm. But they're different, so you've got that going on, and that's all happening within a quiet embrace, and that's just nutty. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's nutty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That is like no other dance form. Is it deeper than other dances? No, I don't think so. Not necessarily. Is it deeper than ballet, which is a European social dance? Mm -hmm. I mean, not social, but theatrical dance. Mm -hmm. An ethnic dance. Same way tango is an ethnic dance. I mean, is it it deeper than ballet? Is ballet deeper than it? I don't think so, because they're both very, very profound. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, is is it deeper than uh, slow English waltz, which has so much feeling and expression and relationship to the floor? Mm-hmm. I don't know, because they're all human, you know? They're mm-hmm. all... And they come out of culture, and they come out of histories, and they come out of people's feelings mm-hmm. and yearning and desire to be with each other in certain ways. But tango is pretty freaking deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of inexhaustible. Yeah. 
So I remember one thing you said back in 2001, <laughs> just kind of kind of offhand in a beginner class, but somehow it stuck to me. I don't know why. Um, there's always something new to learn when it comes to tango. I remember you saying that. So even though you've had so much experience, Jenny, what's something new that you've learned recently, maybe within the last few months or years with, with tango? Well, certainly in the last few years, I can say that I learned milonga. I just got freaked absolutely head over heels for milonga. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that one for a long time. So that's probably in the last seven, eight years I've learned Milonga. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but something more specific that I've learned. I've learned that it really is all spiral action, even though it might not look like it. Mm. But for me, the best feeling of tango, and that's different than disassociation. I'm not talking about disassociation. I'm mm-hmm. talking about how the spine, how the movement spirals from underneath the shoulder blades, Mm. you know, the thoracic vertebrae, Mm -hmm. if you will. And I've learned that we don't displace the hips, but we use the hips a lot, and that that's good. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing, that we don't, we, we just can't hold the hips stiffly. And I've learned, or I'm learning, I'm working on, how you can take a soft step and a firm step at the same time. Mm. And I've learned that it is, it really is all about, well, I've I've been working on, I'll work on this my whole life, but it really is all about the weight-bearing leg, that it all starts in the leader's weight-bearing leg. That's where the whole freaking dance starts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So over the years, Jenny, what are some things you've learned from your own students? Oh, man. Well, the best thing that I've learned from my students is how they learn, you know, that there's so many different ways that people learn the dance. I've learned while I have an aesthetic and I probably promote it in my classes, I can't ultimately impose my aesthetic on them. Mm-hmm that everybody has their own tango and that my students have to find their own tango. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I give them my best understanding of how to move their weight against the floor and with another person. Mm -hmm. I give them my best understanding of the structure of the dance and, you know, expose them to as much of the vocabulary as I can. Mm give them my best understanding well i do have strong feelings about the milongas mm-hmm. and how they function best <laughs> yeah i'm old school i like a line of dance mm-hmm. <laughs> and i like the lanes and i get how that promotes a whole community's worth of, of a good time on uh, at a milonga mm-hmm. um, so i actually impose that on my students from the get-go but I've learned that everybody has their own dance. Mm-hmm. And when I see somebody starting to find their own dance, I get so excited. Mm. You know, and as long as they're my students, I'll try to encourage good etiquette on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just because you think it's really fabulous to kick your legs up, if you think that's part of your dance, that just might not work in a social situation. Right. Yeah. Is there another way? I mean, well, okay, let's talk about something you asked me earlier. What are the things that I'm learning? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm learning is that, and I'm trying to share this with my students, you know, I came from a, a, the, you know, a theater dance background. Mm-hmm. You know, my legs were important and all that stuff, um, jumps and all that. But in a social tango situation, that does not work. So how how do you do that stuff without picking your legs up high and kicking other people? Mm-hmm. So I'm learning that. And I have little aha moments when I can figure out how to express something like that that my leader is leading. Mm-hmm. That, you know, in a freer situation, I might pick my foot up off the floor and, and kick, but uh, you can't do that socially. So how do you express that feeling or that that activity within the social dance? Mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting. So uh, as long as you're, you know, as long as someone's my student, I will encourage them to look for those kinds of things. I will encourage them to get deeper into the music, Mm -hmm. to use the, you know, use better technique relative to the floor. Mm -hmm. But when I see them finding what it is that makes them happy in tango, that's that's so wonderful. And when I see my leaders. There's usually a little point where they sort of turn a corner and they can actually lead. Mm-hmm. You know, from being unable to lead to actually being able to lead and to lead what they want mm-hmm. to lead. You know, to lead how they're hearing the music. And that's like, wow. <laughs> so, and I've learned that I can't force that, but I've learned that if you give people the tools, that often will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned it's hard, you know. You got to keep their attention, but you can't overwhelm them. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. learning from them how mm-hmm. to, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jenny, thank you again for your time. It's been so great to catch up with you. So, well, why don't you tell the our listeners out there where can we find out more about you online? Well, you can go to my website www jennybreentangoacademy.com mm-hmm. and Jenny Breen by the way is spelled J-E-N-I Yep. and Breen is with a B B-R-E-E-N mm-hmm. and I have a Facebook page for the Academy and, a pers- you know, and for myself an individual mm-hmm. Facebook page and uh, yeah the, the website has a, a phone number and an email contact so mm-hmm. if somebody's curious they can I can do that. Okay. I, I, I so want to turn the tables and hear your adventures in tango and how you <laughs> come to the point. When did you decide you wanted to start teaching it? Oh, my. You know, that was a real slow, slow burn. It Actually, it's fun. I'm glad you asked because the, the very, I guess maybe the first seeds of that idea happened at Sandra Cameron. I remember uh, there was... When I got past the beginner beginner class, I was like in a like a beginner two or a beginner three class with you. And then there was an hour gap before the practica started, and I finally mustered the the courage to come to practicas. But then there was that one hour gap where you were teaching another beginner beginner class. So I remember I was out in the lobby with a couple of guys, just putting my shoes on, about to take a break. And then you poked your head out of the studio and said, "Oh, you know, I'm short a couple liters. Would some of you guys like to?" come help my beginners and I said yeah sure yeah and then I remember 
taking that beginner class again, just kind of filling in to help balance the numbers. And so I really got to observe the way you taught. It reinforced my, you know, the fundamentals that I'd gone over. So I thought, oh, oh yeah, there's a concept that, you know, that was introduced that I had forgotten. Or now that, you know, I had another chance to kind of go over things again. And yeah, then during practicas, you know, I sometimes a student would ask me, oh, you know, how did this step work? I said, oh, I think Jenny explained it like this. And then, yeah, then I kept doing that with some other teachers to say, hey, you know, what if some other leaders like to help? And yeah, so you never know what kind of influence you're going to have on people, Jenny. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm out here in Wisconsin right now. And uh, yeah, there's yeah. a Tanko community here. And I remember back in 2006, uh, I just started, okay, well, I think I know enough just to teach uh, some beginning stuff. And then I would do that. And cool. then... You know, I was horrible at it at first. I kept, I was overwhelming people. And then I worked at a ballroom studio for a little bit as the uh, Argentine tango specialist. And uh, yeah, and I just, there were some really wonderful people there. Even though they danced ballroom, they had some really great teaching strategies that I would kind of, yeah, uh, yeah, Yeah. I learned from it. Then I started taking workshops for teachers and then, and yeah. Well, the the truth is that one of the reasons why curious, thoughtful teachers become good is mm-hmm. because we're, we're examining those fundamentals all the time. Yeah. I, you know, I know that that has made me a better dancer and mm-hmm. hopefully continues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because another yeah. thing I remember you saying is you're always going to go back to that walk. Just just walk. Go back to that walk. Yes. Well, Jenny, thank you again so much. I will definitely have your website and the Facebook link in our show notes so people will be able to look you up. And your studio, it's in... Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in downtown Manhattan. Yeah, it's a beautiful location. It's right across the street from the public theater on Lafayette Street. Nice. Just off of Astor Place. Mm-hmm. Great place. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in Wisconsin, I know where to go. Yeah. Give you a Exactly. Coming down. Yeah, it's friendly yeah. folks. Of course, not as big as Manhattan, but yeah, it's a it's a yeah. it's a fun group we have out here. That's great, you know, you're sharing something so meaningful and really life changing with them, Joe. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Just uh when people they get the bug and they get into it and they can't get enough of it, it's really fun when that happens. Yeah. All right. Okay, Jenny, thank you again so much. I know you have a very busy schedule, but I really do appreciate you taking the time, and it's great to connect with you again. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Joe. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay, it's always fun connecting with one of my former teachers. I really liked what Jenny said about her own learning experiences. To quote what Carlos Gavito taught her, Tango is what happens between the steps, and that's not just some profound-sounding concept. If you think about it, it's actually applicable in a technical way. The embrace, the connection, we can pay better attention to those elements when we're not so focused on moving. I also like what Jenny said about the evolution of her own dance and how there wasn't one single event that helped her tango improve. Rather, it was a series of little aha moments. That's very much how tango works. It's these small things that add up, and then we realize one day we've developed quite a bit as dancers. And I thought it was worth noting how Jenny found that not everything about tango has to be complicated. 
Some movements and concepts are very simple, so it's important not to overthink things either. Jenny also talked about introducing her own aesthetic to her students, but not imposing it on them. Rather, she's about letting her students find their own style. And that's another thing I personally remember as a beginner in Jenny's class. She was structured in her teaching, so we had a sense of clarity and order, but she also made us aware that we have the freedom to explore and find our own tango. Yet she presented that in a way that didn't cause confusion or make us feel overwhelmed. So thank you again, Jenny, for your time, for sharing your thoughts, and for all you do for the New York tango scene. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I am very, very grateful to have you as an audience. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. Thanks for your support. All right, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.